welcome everybody to Rounding the Earth. Um, we we kind of took apart and rebuilt my uh, computer during the weekend um, and forgot to check things out for the, the podcast. So um, everything looks fine now. So I'll tell you what it is that we're doing. Uh, I've got a guest who's going to show up uh, in give or take about five minutes. Um, it's my friend uh, Tommy Kerrigan. And uh, by the way, he has his own podcast called Tommy's Podcast. And he can be found on uh, Rumble and Locals and probably some other places. I don't think YouTube. I think he got slapped down by by YouTube. Um, but here's what we're going to do today. Uh, Tommy has uh, never uh, delved into cryptocurrency except uh, just you know what he's heard on the news or from friends perhaps. So what we're going to do today is the very basics. Uh, we are. Go I'm going to walk Tommy through making a wallet. And once he has a wallet, I'm going to send him. I have about $50 in Bitcoin in the Rounding the Earth company wallet. And that's because um, we have an, uh, an affiliate sponsor. Um, in fact, uh, you know, I'll, I'll advertise for that sponsor right now. Let me see. Let me see if we have that uh, advertisement here. Oh, I don't think we do. I don't think we do. But um, the the affiliate is... Um, Blood of Tyrants Wine, which is just an awesome brand name. Um, you know, I'll see if I can go find that right now. Blood of Tyrants Fine Wine. And uh, we actually, uh, we take Bitcoin from them. If, if you're interested in Blood of Tyrants Wine, uh, you can use the code EARTH to get a discount on your wine order. But there they are. Oops, I said not, not there they are. Blood of Tyrants Wine. And uh, yeah, you know, it seems sort of uh, topical to the spirit of today, perhaps to some degree. But yeah, um, uh, we actually, uh, we received Bitcoin from them as opposed to dollars. We just chose that arrangement. So today what I'm going to do is I'm going to um, walk Tommy through uh, creating an, uh, a Bitcoin wallet and something called Blue Wallet. And this is an app that you can download onto your phone. Uh, it's it's one of the more common ones, right? Like if I have, you know, I, I don't know how many friends I have with Bitcoin, but let's say I have 100 friends with, with Bitcoin wallets on their phone. I probably have more than that. Um, but this is one of the, you know, three-ish real common ones these days, at least so far as I've seen. So, you know, it's, it's real easy download. And then once you download, um, you know, you just create a wallet. I'm going to show on the screen while we're waiting for Tommy. I have three wallets, really just two that have ever been used. I have a personal wallet. And you can see, well, I don't know if, uh, if, if the light is going to glare. I'll kind of lean it up like that. You can see uh, I have a wallet called Fauci Murders Puppies. And you can see that I have 0 0.021 Bitcoin in that wallet. And that is approximately, what is that, $315 or so in Bitcoin. Then I have a second wallet. That's a company wallet. And that wallet has not as much uh, as a uh, 0 0.0032 Bitcoin. And that's uh, probably just a little bit over $50 at the moment. So when Tommy gets here, 
going to have him create a wallet and I'm going to send him all of the Bitcoin that is in that rounding the earth company wallet. So that is the goal of today's podcast. Uh, in the meantime, if anybody's got any uh, you know, very basic questions uh, about Bitcoin, probably don't have as many people today because this is probably just uh, this is probably just the the people who want to learn about Bitcoin for the first time. So, yeah, uh, if you have questions about Bitcoin, you know what I'm going to do. I'm going to bring up um, one of my basic Bitcoin articles while we are waiting on Tommy. One that explains a little tiny bit about Bitcoin, public and private keys. This is one of those things that intimidates people about Bitcoin. And Tommy's here. I'm going to give him just a second to, to set up. And while, while we're doing that, I'm going to explain public-private key cryptography. Um, not on the technical level, because there's some sophisticated math going on there. But um, this idea of of public and private key kind of scares people. It sounds intimidating at first. But really, you can think of each of the public and private keys just a string of digits. And one of those, the public key, that's like a home address, right? Like 123 Simple Road, Crazy Land, California, 54321. There probably is a Crazy Land, California. That might be the the whole state at this point. But um, yeah, but but your 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 public key. It would just be some string, some alphanumeric string that is like, you know, 33-ish digits or so, which would be uh, the equivalent, um, if it weren't like this alphanumeric string, it would be the equivalent of like 160 binary digits or or is it 180? Oops, I can't remember. Um, Anyhow, something like that, right? Um, But then your private key is the same thing. It's also an alphanumeric string. And that it's like a password. And only the person with the password can send the Bitcoin in that wallet. And that's how public-private key cryptography works. And so it's really, it's really that simple. You know, the public key is your address. Everybody can see that. Somebody may not know it's your address, right? That that's obscured from people. But but you know, you, you could make it known to anybody who you want to, you know, to receive Bitcoin from. But only the person with the private key, the key that would unlock the Bitcoin there, only the person with that password can use that Bitcoin. So anyhow, I've got a few articles for any beginners who are out there who want to uh, take a look, go to Rounding the Earth and or, or go to um, uh, go to the Campfire Wiki and go to the Bitcoin War series. And you can see I've got lessons for beginners and then I've got some more complicated articles Um you know, both about Bitcoin and about economics. Anyhow, I'm going to go ahead and... Uh, Bring Tommy in now. He's uh, waiting patiently in the studio. Hello, Tommy. What's going on, dog? Mister Not Sam Bankman-Fried. It's um, it's not him. I know yeah. that a lot of people think that we are similar because I too am a multi-billionaire who was uh, recently arrested in the Bahamas. But <laughs> it's it's me. It's Tommy. I know we have very similar hair, and uh, although some people might look at me and say, "Tommy, you." You have short hair and you have a biology degree and you run a podcast from your bedroom. The other guy yeah, but, but you, and is worth billions of dollars and is funneling money to the DNC. I would tell you that we are very similar. I just don't know how. Well, I, I think of some ways in which you're dissimilar. Okay. Well, one, you're not in custody. Not that you know of. Not that I know of. Okay. Um, 
two, um, uh, you've spent more time in the weight room this month than I think he has in his life. I'll, 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 my ego will take that, that caressing. By the way, did, did you see the video we made? My friend, my friend, uh, Tonica, and I, <laughs> I called Tonica a few or a couple or a week and a half ago. I said, uh, Hey, uh, I have an idea for a video. <laughs> you, you want me to play this? Yeah, please do. Okay. So we, we it's called uh, it's called Dude Suddenly. And uh, let me let me pull this back to the beginning. And here we go. Okay, way to grow. 
Yeah, it's a it's a band called two man band called No Permit. We had the singer on the podcast uh, a few weeks ago. Oh hell yeah! And uh, you know, it's, uh, it's a fun song. Belief Filter. It's the name of the song. But, uh, Hold on, let me grab my blanket. Um, shoot it in here. Um, are those uh, were those actually all Sam Bankman free quotes, or were those quotes? Those, those yeah. were all Sam Bankman free quotes. And I thought, you know, if 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 those had come out of the mouth out of the mouths of some of like history's worst villains, then uh, pe people would kind of get what effective altruism really looks like. Well, I guess I was, uh, I was actually kind of confused because I didn't know if those were or were not his uh, quotes or if those were of the other people. Yeah. Well, we, you know, we were putting Sam Bankman fried right below each quote, you know, I guess maybe we should have put that dash right in front. Yeah. Um, so, well, you're here today to learn a little bit about Bitcoin. Yes, sir. Am I correct in saying you still never, uh, you've never transacted in a cryptocurrency before? Is that right? I think someone gave me a bit or like a thousandth of a Bitcoin like last spring, and I don't think I knew what to do with it. I think. Do you know how to access the wallet? Maybe that. Maybe they cashed it out and just gave me the cash, and I think I bought like. I think I bought something for the podcast. No, so no, and no, in essence, no. I, I don't, no, I don't. We're, we're going to make sure you know how to do something with this. Okay. So you, you have a phone. Okay. Have you downloaded the Blue Wallet app? I've not, and I I think that's what we're doing on this podcast. Is all right. Take uh, that moment. Go right? find. Uh, go to the uh, App Store. Got the email from you. Download on App Store. Get. All right. And all right, downloaded. Add wallet. And it turns out the most complicated thing about receiving Bitcoin is that you have to listen to a song first. But we're already past that. Oh, that's is that part of the initiate? That's the hazing. Oh uh, yeah, apparently it's the it's the hazing. And I'm now now I'm in the inner circle of the yeah. Bitcoin intelligentsia. Yeah, and that's not that's not like law. It's just like it's tradition. Well, I mean, none of the occult rituals are ever in law, but you have to. You're not getting into skull and bones if you don't drink the blood. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. I, I don't make the rules, but, you know, it's just it's what it is. <laughs> so, all right. I'm going to let you tell me when uh, when you've completed this app download. See the, the realization going across Matt's face as he, as he starts to reconsider why in God's name he invited me. All right, yeah. No, you're just all not discreet enough about the blood drinking thing. I mean, listen, I'm not going to beat around the bush. Let's get to it. I mean, you want to be any of those guys that you showed? Not all of them, but I mean, you want to be a Carnegie or a Rockefeller? I mean, 
let's be real. You want access to that funds. You want access to those global markets. You got to, do you know, I think it was the Dulles. No, not the Dulles brothers. This was years before them. Never mind. I still need a Yale degree. Yeah, you do need that. I feel like that kind of just comes as a side effect. I think it was, it wasn't the Dulles brothers. It was before them. Um, Might've been the Harriman, the railroad guys. Um, They're meeting with like, like generals in Shanghai or something in like the twenties or thirties. And like, as there was a popular revolution going on and the streets were burning, they were on like the 10th floor of this building at some like, you know, five-star cafe, just hashing out deals for like who would reconstruct the new nation as they're just watching people get like shot in the street and like trampled by horses. And they were just like (laughs) drinking tea and smoking like Egyptian cigarettes. Just, just the ultimate like imperialist imagery. Well, Mal fit right in. Uh, one of his favorite things was to uh, watch people get torn apart by the mobs. Psycho. He, he wrote about it in his diary. <laughs> uh, he's not a no, bad guy. Um, so I've got it on my, it says add wallet. It's, it's downloaded. So just okay. Add, okay. add now. It's free. You can create as many as you'd like. So add now. Yeah, so you're going to want to, yeah, add, exactly. Add now, add a wallet. Then, okay, name, my first wallet. Watch name, right? And, like, you know, you, you can really be creative. Like, my, my first uh, phone wallet ever, which is this blue wallet here, yeah. uh, it's called Fauci Murders Puppies. Jesus. Christ almighty. All right, so I'll just do a, I'll name it Skull and Bones. Skull, come on. Skull and bones. One word. Okay. Choose Bitcoin or Lightning. Uh, let's choose, choose Bitcoin. Lightning will be, a, you know, that's sort of like a level two lesson. Okay. It's not for simpletons like me. Uh, it's simple enough. I mean, like, it, it's not that it's really any different, except that the Lightning Network would take a little bit more time to explain. Okay. All right. So Bitcoin. Create or import wallet. Uh, create. Create. Okay. Please take a moment to screenshot those words. Okay. Yeah, you're gonna want you're gonna want to keep those words because if you you know like lose your phone or somehow you lose track of the wallet password whatever, um, those words, if you write them down or take a picture or something like like do that now. Make sure that you've got that backup. Okay. Um, because then you can always recover the wallet. I took a screenshot and, and there uh, is no there, there's nobody to call there's no help desk for bitcoin interesting bitcoin is not a company it is just a network that runs entirely automated of its own accord that's wild okay i screenshotted it and sent it to myself okay i wrote it down but that's part of the point of not being a company is nobody controls it right like bitcoin is outside of the uh, control of mm-hmm. the banking complex. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just uh, there are people who run computers, and the computers run the code. So long as those computers are running, the whole network is protected and cryptographically protected and and hashed. And there's a little bit of a longer story to it than that, but um, we'll, we'll focus on the the simple aspect of sending and receiving a transaction. So now um, you have a public key and a private key. And the private key 
you know, that's something you always, you know, want to just keep to yourself. But you have a public key. Do you see, like, if you uh, click on the wallet? Skull and Bones, zero Bitcoin, latest transaction, never. Click it's, on it. It, it says uh, there's a receive button and a send button. Okay, hold on. Receive and send, okay. Okay. Now, if you click receive, that's what you want to do because you're going to receive some Bitcoin. Have you saved your wallet? Yes, I have. This back, blah, blah, blah. Okay. And now you're going to get an alphanumeric, you know, string of like 32, 33, 34 digits somewhere in that ballpark. Okay. Um, and, you know, I guess we could also do a QR code, but we're not going to do that. Just click on that string. Okay. And it's going to copy it. All right. And then go into the private chat and paste it into the StreamYard private chat. Where's the private chat? Okay. On the right. Gotcha. Gotcha. I had it in full screen. All right. Hold on. Okay. And now I'm I'm gonna show I'm gonna show this to the whole audience. I'm gonna paste your private key into the different places where we are streaming. Oh lord. And now anybody who wants to could send you Bitcoin at that address now. Hell yeah. When am I when am I richer than Sam? Uh well, um, Sam now has, according to him, uh, only $100,000 in his bank account. Still far more than me. Even after he's been disgraced, he is still uh, he is still completely superseding me. So now let's see. Uh, oh, you know what? I'm going to send myself... How do I do this? What's the easiest way? I'm going to send myself a message so that I can get it on my phone that has your public key. And now in my blue wallet, let's see. I'm going to send Oops. Oh, there we go. Okay, let's see. How much do I have that I can send? Uh, cents. Let's see.
Okay. Uh, I've got it queued up. It's, I'm going to send you $53.32 worth of Bitcoin, which is oh, 320,650 Satoshis. And I'm not going to send it at the highest speed possible because uh, I'm trying to get a, a better fee so that you get as much of the Bitcoin in this wallet as possible. So I'm going to click next. Thank you, sir. And send now. Okay. Now it says done on my phone screen, but you haven't received it yet. And I'll explain what's going on. This may take up to three hours. Hopefully it's, it takes less time than that. So I'll explain what's going on. It says new transaction pending. Yeah. New ETA, ETA three hours. Yeah. So good. New, tra new transaction pending. You know that there's something going on. There's a process here. And uh, here's the thing with Bitcoin. Um, it, Bitcoin is a ledger. You know, imagine that you open up a book and, and you know, you, you fill in a ledger like you would with a checkbook. You know, every time you write a check, you have money that subtracts out of your account. Mm -hmm. And then it goes to another account on the other side and you add the address of that account and how much money went in. So it, it's a ledger. It's a big public ledger. And that whole public ledger can fit on an ordinary hard drive all the transactions that have ever taken place in Bitcoin history. It's just, that's it. I mean, that, that's Bitcoin in a nutshell. It's just this giant ledger. Um, well, it's, a, you know, it's a little bit more complicated than that. There is this network of over 100,000 nodes around the world, and they are currently gossiping this transaction around, right? Like, so the, the, here's this transaction. Now, it could be, that I try to send that same Bitcoin to somebody else, right? That would be called a double spend. I could try to spend it two places at once. Mm -hmm. That's a no-no, right? So what's happening is all these uh, all these nodes are gossiping. And it's it's spreading out throughout the system. You know, different nodes are connected to other nodes, and and uh, eventually, uh, some of these nodes are validator nodes. Um, not all of them are, some of them are, are, you know, just, you know, simple information going around, but, um, these validator nodes are trying to validate these transactions. And so, um, every few minutes, you know, until there are six validations, um, there are different validator nodes validating. So there's, there's over 10,000 of these. I don't know how many there are right now. Um, there were like 10,000, like five years ago little five and a half years ago when I got into Bitcoin, probably more now. Um, so maybe uh, 12,000 validator nodes. Um, a lot of those are miners, people actually mining the Bitcoin. But anyhow, um, as they receive the information, you know, they're, they're validating a node. And so once there are six validations, then that transaction is validated. Now, if I try to send it to two different people, only one of those transactions would reach six first and be validated um, or while or, or uh, one of them would be re um, received six first according to any particular node and only one of those nodes is going to be able to create the next block so you've heard of blockchain right mm -hmm. so do you know how the blockchain works in terms of building a ledger so ultimately ultimately the ledger that book is really it's a series of blocks. Each time uh, a block 
happens each time a block is minted that adds a whole bunch of transactions to the ledger all at once. And these are whatever that, you know, whoever wins the block, it's kind of a lottery, essentially. Um, whoever wins that block, um, the transactions that they have received through the gossip are the ones that get recorded in the ledger. So it may not be all the transactions that are pending that are out there, but whichever ones that it is storing um, that, that it has validated, then, then those will be the ones um, that the ones that have been validated six times will be the ones that are added to um, the ledger permanently. And then there's still other, you know, in, in the memory pool, in the mempool, there are other potential transactions that are still floating around there and they're still trying to get validated by you know, six different nodes and then, um, you know, be at one uh, that is going to print a block and so that's part of the reason you don't know exactly how long it's going to take. Mm -hmm. You can also pay to speed things up. I paid a small fee. The fee that I paid is approximately equal to 17 cents, eight, eight, 17 or eight, maybe 18 cents, 17, give or take. But that's pretty good. 17 cents on a $53 transaction, that's about 0.3%. You know, credit card transactions, 2.9 plus what, 40 cents or something processing fee by the store. Um, and you pay that much more for the stuff that you purchase. Mm -hmm. So you don't notice it, but it's there. So, you know, Bitcoin's a lot less expensive than that. Um, so long as you're, you know, over a certain level, you wouldn't want to buy five cent candy and pay 17 cents for a transaction. Who's but for a $53 transaction, that's a very reasonable fee to happen in a very secure way. Who's getting the 17 cents? Good question. The yes. miners. Okay. All so right. whichever miner wins that lottery. So there are, you know, thousands of machines all over the world, well, millions, uh, all, all over the world uh, vying to print that next block. And um, whoever prints that next block, um, they receive two things. They receive one, they something called the block reward. Right now the block reward is seven and a half Bitcoin, which let's see, at, at 17 thousand dollars that's uh hundred twenty seven thousand five hundred dollars but they also receive the sum of all the transactions all the transaction fees and uh, the transaction fees become more important in the future as the block like the block rewards every four years they get cut in half so right now it's seven and a half bitcoin um at the very beginning it was, excuse me, it's not seven and a half, it's six and a quarter. I said seven, and a half, I don't know why I said seven and a half. It's six and a quarter. So it's, a, it's less money than I said, but it's still a little over a hundred thousand right now. hundred thousand um, dollars. The, at, at the very beginning, it was 50 Bitcoin per block. And then after four years, it went down to 25. After four years, it went down to 12 and a half. And now it's at 6.25 and it, it's a geometric series. And so it'll get smaller and smaller over the years. And, but then the transaction fees will, will have to be what pay the miners. So right now the transaction fees are very small compared to the block reward. In uh, 20 years, they'll be getting you know closer to, closer to parity with one another, mm -hmm. a little bit over 20 years, but um, anyhow, so um, you know, that's getting a little bit further into the story. You know, I'd recommend, um, you know, reading up on it. There are probably some articles and some videos that that go through the package of all the, the basic lessons all at once. Um, in fact, uh, I've got a 
got a book. I think I've got it in my office right now. I've got several books on Bitcoin, but there are a couple that I recommend. Okay, so you know who Satoshi Nakamoto is? I know the name. You know the name, right? None of us know who Satoshi Nakamoto is. Um, except Satoshi Nakamoto and uh, Satoshi Nakamoto's closest friends, maybe, probably not. Um, so this is the book of Satoshi. This is actually a really, really good read um, because it has, like, initially, Satoshi would communicate on a forum. And, you know, people would ask questions, he would explain Bitcoin, he'd answer questions, he'd explain economics and so on. And so you get in Satoshi's word a lot of what's going on with Bitcoin. And I like going through and like highlighting passages that, that I feel like, you know, helped me understand, you know, Bitcoin a little bit better as I was originally going through. I've still got some bookmarks in here, as you can see. Um, but, you know, it, it may be good to go and find one of those beginner Bitcoin books if you decide that you're you're interested in it in general. Mm -hmm. And uh, the reason to be interested in it is because, well, so at some point in time, the entire global fiat currency system is going to come crashing down because it, it, it pretty much is a giant scam. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's nothing behind it. You know, all the gold. Oh, I've just been sitting here on, on recursive stream, haven't I? Um, you know, all, all of that, all the gold is, uh, yeah, it no longer backs the dollar. Even worse, um, you know, the gold gets sold over and over again through these bullion banks. And even people who think that they're buying gold, like, on paper, uh, probably. It's like, if you're going to buy gold, buy the physical. People are like, I own a certificate of gold. And it's like, we're right back to the fiat problem. <laughs> exactly exactly that, that same gold may have been sold three times over yeah, it's this it's it is literally the same problem with fiat it's kind yeah. of hilarious pretty much yeah it's it's uh you know fractional reserve banking and you know um you know it, it it's a it's a system that allows the bankers to just make exorbitant amounts of money off of nothing uh and it also, it, it, it turns out that because the military and the bank are tied at the hip, mm -hmm. it encourages war making by the military. Well, it's also, they're the, they're the enforcement arm. Right, exactly. That the, That's the military's unofficial job, is the enforcement arm of the banking network. And the bank, by creating money out of thin air, is able to then pay the military. Yeah, and... Uh... Yes, yeah, so the, the U.S. dollar is backed by something. It's not gold. It is uh, physical assets of stealth bombers and submarines. <laughs> that would never be handed over. I mean, there's probably a little negotiation between us and like the Saudis, for instance. You know, we're, we're willing to sell them some planes and some other things, but uh, little better versions of cruise missiles. That, like you know, like we're giving Ukraine right now. It's like we tamper it down. There's like software updates that inhibits the range of missiles. We will sell the F-35s to our closest allies, but like we won't sell anyone the F-22s or the B-2s. Maybe we give Saudis like a little, a little bump up, but that's what it, the U.S. dollar is backed by. Something is <laughs> backed by eleven aircraft carriers. It is backed by <laughs> the NSA. It's, it is it's backed, backed by, by guns. It is backed by Delta Force and Devgrew. In many ways, it is backed by something far more real than gold. 
that is backed by men in night vision who will come to your front door any place on the planet. <laughs> it's backed by the realest thing. So now, um, since, since we've begun a transaction, I'm going to see if I can uh, show you a transaction. You may just want to Google this, like a you know, Bitcoin transaction cert, uh, viewer. What am I Googling? Uh, just Google Bitcoin uh, transaction viewer. Bitcoin transaction. And I just sent myself a transaction that I completed over Thanksgiving. I sent uh, my nieces their first little piece of Bitcoin ever. And I'm going to drop in the private chat first. I'm also going to drop this into Rumble chat and into... And YouTube chat. Okay, so this string that I just dropped in there is the string for a Bitcoin transaction. Do I need that? Again? Do I need do I need your thing you just pasted? Uh yeah, yeah. So um it, what we're looking for is called blockchain.com forward slash explorer. So blockchain explorer. Blockchain Explorer. Okay. And uh, I'll go back a step. Um, if you searched, um, you should find, it says there are one blockchains with results to your search. Do you see that on your own screen? I see it on the screen you're sharing. I'm trying to see where to share. So I just paste, go. There are one blockchain. Yeah, okay, got it. Transaction B490. Yeah, yeah all right. So, uh, by the way, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reintroduce you because it occurred to me. Uh, I introduced, I, I said your name before you showed up, and I should have stopped and done it again. But we were, we were a little bit um, uh, slow because uh, my wife and I rebuilt my computer, sort of. Um, went up to 128 RAM. Hey, this weekend, yeah. Um, so, you know, if you search up here, that string, mm -hmm. we'll get to this page. Are you there? Okay, now if you click on this one transaction, it's going to show details. Now this is from two days after Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving weekend. Um, so there's a date and there is a time. Let's see. That clearly wasn't central time. Um, anyhow, so... <clears throat> I'm going to click on 
this one right here. Hmm. Let's see. Well, I guess it's showing inputs and outputs here. Uh, well, I sent one one thousandth of a Bitcoin to two of my nieces. And yeah, yeah well, and, and I guess this is this is the amount that I have before I just sent you some. But yeah, I guess uh, it. Um, hmm. Well, anyway, you can you can always see the transactions associated with a wallet. You can see the wallets associated with the transaction by going to um, Blockchain Explorer. And let me think for just a second. What is my wallet ID here. BC1Q. Well, we can even go to uh, the wallet that sent me transactions. <laughs> Anyhow, um, you can, it says this transaction has 3,287 confirmations. You only need six for the transaction to be official. But as you can see, as the network continues to go, lots and lots of nodes eventually hear about this transaction that's being made. But it doesn't take that many. Um. Anyhow, I'm going to check and see if there's any validations yet. We've got no, we've got zero confirmations. We need six confirmations. Anyhow, um, it, it's basically it. Um, basically, um, you can send me a message, send me an email when all six confirmations happen. Mm -hmm. And there should be that Bitcoin should show up in your wallet and you'll have $53 in Bitcoin. And by the way, I think we're at, we're, I personally believe we're near a price low. So, you know, if you're thinking about using the money to like split a dinner check with friends, like that, that might be a use case for Bitcoin, right? It's what you, what you might use Venmo for that at times, right? Well, you can also split a dinner check, but I wouldn't do it at, at this price level. I think that next year we're going like three, four times this price level. For, for what transactions or for the price of Bitcoin? For the price of Bitcoin. It's the price of Bitcoin, right? It hit a, it hit a high in 2021, right? Or was that 2020? Uh, yeah, it was under 70,000. And right now it's uh, right around 17, I think. Oof. What the hell happened? Uh, it, it, there, there are cycles. Um, while it is that, that Bitcoin's price is ascending, um, it, it goes in these sort of cyclical ways. Every four years, it has a boom cycle, and then it deflates a bit. Okay. And that's a complicated discussion as to why that happens. Um, it'll become more and more stable over time. 
because uh, the floor, like basically the miners, you know, the amount of money that they spend mining Bitcoin, that's sort of the floor because it becomes unprofitable. They just stop mining. Yeah. And then only the people who are getting the cheapest energy and the cheapest uh, machines uh, are able to profitably mine Bitcoin at that point. Uh, but then there's a, there's a sort of a theoretical you know, ceiling also, something called uh, uh, stock to flow, which has to do with uh, how much of the stock of the, the particular commodity is out there. It's something that applies to you know, mining gold, mining silver, or something like that. Uh, if the price got too high, you would, you know, there's sort of a theoretical assumption that uh, there would be an arbitrage in so far as it would be worthwhile to, you know, just throw more miners, you know, just, just go dig more and just hire people to go out and get more. That's not, that's not quite right. It's not yeah. quite right. But um, uh, the, the stock flow would be your theoretical ceiling. Anyway, those things are going to get closer over time. And so the price is going to get more stable over time. But Really, it'll get more stable as it picks up in use. Um, but people aren't going to use it much for another few years. And the reason is because, you know, like why spend something now when the the whole, you know, the, the value of it um, or the, the value proposition is that it becomes the reserve currency. And if it becomes the reserve currency, it might be worth several million dollars of Bitcoin. Jesus. So, you know, like we, we may go 500x from here. Yeah, it wouldn't shock me if we, we if we see the day where we have like five or ten million dollar Bitcoin, if Bitcoin achieves reserve currency status. If it doesn't, it probably won't be worth all that much. So and I don't know what all that much means. Yeah, you know, that that might mean fifty thousand. That might mean five hundred dollars. I don't know. <laughs> um, but you know who who knows at that point. But I I think that Bitcoin because it's net the network is so huge, and if an, if a better technology comes along. Let's say that somebody has like some sort of a coding upgrade. Well, you know what? The Bitcoin coders can always, uh, you know, add that to the Bitcoin code. They don't add much to the Bitcoin code. It's a very conservative code base, right? And uh, it would be hotly debated uh, amongst you know, any addition to the code. It's very hotly debated. Um, but, you know, if something else proved to be sort of more valuable and it was building its own network, Bitcoin... Coders could go, nope, we, we want that technology in ours, right? So it can just sort of suck up any improvements that people think of. That's why, you know, the, the first mover advantage is even more severe than with most companies. It's the network itself that is a lot of the value, hmm. just like the dollar network. That's why you need the military to impose it around the world. How would Bitcoin become reserve currency if... Because that would mean it would have to be adopted by the the entrenched power structure, which is there. The, there isn't a bigger foe. On the, it is top dog. It is the petrodollar. It is the U.S. dollar. And if it's not them, it's BRICS. It's try. It's who. It's by default the the reserve currency is the most powerful. Yeah. If you're usurping first place, first place is by default the strongest <clears throat> Mac Daddy. Right. Well, I mean, you know, I, I think that it's just going to break. I think that it is in the process of breaking now. In fact, uh, the BRICS nations are organizing pretty well. Um, they've got dozens of nations around the world applying to be part of it. And, they, you know, they've really got good position around the world, too. When you think about it, you know, Brazil, Russia, 
India, India, China, China, and South Africa. And South Africa is important because, you know, shipping lanes rounding Cape Horn, right? And China's Belt and Road Initiative has already laid the groundwork for, you know, uh, a big solid trading network across land. Now, the U.S. still has better ocean traffic, right? We've got the Navy. Yeah. Um, China, China has not been allowed to develop much Navy. Um, I mean, obviously, we, we wouldn't have been allowing that and for them to be our cheap port of manufacture at the same time. But really, like, you know, one of their aircraft carriers, if I understand correctly, like it has to be repaired every time it goes to port. Right. Yeah, we have like 13. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we, we, we've got a big advantage there. Um, but it, it's clear that the world is breaking from one network into two. I guess my my gut feeling is is the existing banking, intelligence, military, whatever complex corporate state isn't just gonna go down and be like, ah, shucks, bricks is better. Oh, sure. I, I'm not defending this. I'm not saying it's good. I'm just saying what I think is probable. We'll just do a, a Chinese false flag and we'll go destroy China. It's just, and I'm not saying it's good, but I mean, the last 140 years, really from like the 1880s till now, it, it kind of shows that that's what we do, be it oil in 03 or be it, you know, you know, dull banana in 1901. Like we'll go in there and like without hesitation, kill a million civvies. Yeah. Um, I just don't see it going, ah, bricks got us. It's no, it's going to be like, let's, let's see how stealthy these B 21 Raiders really are. It's not good. I'm not the, I'm just, it's what it is. Yeah. Um, well, I, I think the pandemic might have been that. I think we did it. Yeah. I, I do too. I, I used to think it was China. And now that I look at it, I'm like, it was 100% us. It's causing a decoupling of people dependent on China. China's still getting fucked by it through self infliction. And yeah, at first, at when it first happened, I was like, that happened to us. And now is it starting to crystallize a little more? You know, we're moving forward in history and you can kind of see it from a higher and higher altitude. Now I'm like, oh, that was us. That was, that was us. See, it seems more and more likely by the day. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, it, it was, so the pandemic was an excuse for us to print 13 trillion dollars devalue our currency and thus devalue our debt to china but right. as we needed the stimulus versus and, if you just do it during peacetime it that could that could spark war you're going why are you devaluing our debt right okay so it, it sounds like you're seeing it <laughs> it's this is good yeah we we took hundreds <laughs> of billions of dollars out of the um asian economies and yeah, we showed every other country, in the world. Area, but primarily the Asian economies. We showed every other country in the world the the what happens when you're dependent on China, especially for your PPE, especially for your pharmaceuticals. And not well, only that, the, the dependent on China and the U.S. Well, yeah, we don't simultaneously. We don't include that part. And then the propaganda flow. If look at them, they're welding people. And China is now. I think what's really getting to me now, and really kind of solidifying my position is how China's behaving now. It isn't, we, the pandemic is, is gone in the United States. We're on to the next thing, right? China is going after zero COVID. 
they are doing it and it's disadvantageous. Now I get that they are, they are a kind of a, not kind of, they are a police state and they're always searching for things to lock everyone down. I get that. And you know, they, the, the elite of that country definitely don't view this as a bad thing, but in terms of we don't exist in a vacuum, they're still kind of hitting themselves, you know, stop hitting yourself. We've moved on. They're they're still building camps. They're still using drones and spraying disinfect. Like, hey, dude, like they, they're still buying Pokemon like five years after everyone sold them. And it's like, oh, this wasn't you because you wouldn't be doing this. Well, there is this debate that's still going on, which is whether or not the spike protein has any racial affinity. Uh-huh. Yeah. Was it a genetic weapon? Was it against? Yeah. I mean, the Nazis were looking at that in like the 40s, Kurt Loma. Yeah. Yeah, I would imagine that. Uh... Yeah, so the zero COVID thing, I still don't know how to interpret it. I don't know if we're ever going to have uh, good enough intel, um, at least from where we sit. I'm sure our military knows uh, much more than, the, than they're uh, telling everybody. Um, but, you know, one way or another, uh, it, People thought, oh, gosh, you know, the U.S. is going to be so hurt by this. But if you look at our GDP numbers, our GDP in 2022 looks almost exactly as it would have been predicted in 2018. Hmm. China's, on the other hand, of course, China, getting economic numbers out of China is like pulling teeth, right? Um, They stopped publishing fully (laughs) half of their economic indicators. (laughs) And I'm sure that means that things are going really not well. But... Um, I think that part of the whole zero COVID thing is not so much. I don't think it's about COVID so much as uh, limiting consumption. Oh, okay. Because at least in the short term, you know, basically they've lost a lot of jobs, right? They were our cheap port of manufacture and we are pivoting as fast as possible to Vietnam, to Mexico, to wherever it is we can get, you know, other labeled labor done. Right. So um, Philippines, yeah, we're, we're pivoting as hard as we can. It, of course, it takes time to build factories. Right. Uh, we're, we're bringing chip manufacturing back to Arizona. Yeah. I didn't pulled out, you know, anybody who had anything to do with chip fabrication. And, you know, the world found out very quickly that China doesn't do chip manufacturing very well without us. Mm-hmm. At least not at the moment. You know, they'll figure it out. That is uh, that is something where I'm not a Biden fan, but then you got to give credit where credit's due. I mean, bringing chip manufacturing back here is a major, yeah, is a major staple of uh, national security. Yeah, you know, I, I don't know how much credit to give Biden. You know, if we had a, a dead fish in the Oval Office, I'm pretty sure that the military would have explained to that fish what to do. No, I'm with you, but I guess so as not to be hyper polarized in ev- literally every aspect of politics. To me, it's more of like an olive branch to at least say like. I can't. <laughs> I, I hear you. I hear yeah, you. I, I don't come from a partisan perspective. No, no, I get you. No, well, I, I personally don't like him. So for me, it's like I have to, for my own like maturity, be like, did good happen? Was it Biden? No, but then by that definition, we can yeah, say fair, fair any president's ever done is yeah. that. Right. So it's to me, it's like a, I'm not completely closed minded. It's like it's, <laughs> it's like when the, it's like those shitty Instagram quotes where it's like forgiveness is for you, not for the person you're forgiving. <laughs> you need to say, hey, I'm willing to reach across the aisle and say, give credit where credit's due, right? Pat that pat that dead fish on the head. Pat I, the dead, I hear you. It's hey, Trump made it a, a a federal crime to abuse animals. 
Obama made it so that the government picks up the bill for when families fly to Dover, Maryland to pick up the remains of their children if they return. That's where the remains return. Before that, you had to pay for your flight. Give credit where it's due. Just at the very least, find one good thing in a person you don't like. That's good. Well, it, let, let's do a let's do a check here. Let's see if there are uh, any confirmations. But we still have zero confirmations. I should have I should have paid the money. I, I, so here, here's the thing: I could have paid the money, and we'd we'd have already been done by now. Would have taken about twenty minutes. So I, I'll I'll tell you. <laughs> Actually, I know I can, I can, wait, can I bump the fee? Oh, I didn't keep enough Satoshis to bump the fee. <laughs> I was trying to give you like every Satoshi in the wallet, basically. Um, but you, like, you can pay more Satoshis. And because you're, you're like paying, you're sent, you're telling the miners, look, I'll pay for space on your block, right? Because each block size, there's only so much room on each block size to add to the next you know, to add to the ledger. And so if you sort of bid for nearer term block space, you can get faster validation. And that would have been about a 1% fee, but I chose the 0.3% fee just, just because I was being cheap. It's because I wanted to give you as many Satoshis as possible. By the way, just so that you know, Satoshi is one 100 millionth of a Bitcoin. Okay. And currently, that's the smallest unit. If we ever needed a smaller unit, the code could be rewritten and, you know, would be what it is. Bitcoin ever reaches $10 million, uh, a Satoshi will be worth a dime. Okay. And a million dollars, it'll be worth a penny. Right now, it's worth about a 60th of a penny. So um, I was trying to save you an extra 2,000 Satoshis. Which, which is about thirty three cents. So I was being real cheap. Well, I appreciate it. I, I, I appreciate it. Um, there's got to be right. If it comes down to like computer like crunching power, there's got to be some corporations or intelligence agencies using their their power to try to make an extra buck. I mean, the CIA loves an like undocumented cash flow. You got to imagine they're, you know, borrowing some some number crunching, you know, machines from like Sandia, even just like an hour a night just to fund, you know, a coup and whatever. <laughs> you know, well, I, I bet that the uh, that the military banking complex actually owns uh, a substantial amount of mining um, because they want to be able to disrupt it if they can. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. Like, you know, what we're going into right now, this sort of world war, this un, currently unannounced world war yeah. that we're clearly in. Yeah. Well, it started with COVID and now it's just manifesting as Ukraine, but it's what it really is, is it's moving from censorship and, and info war to actually moving to kinetic, which we're seeing in Ukraine. But yeah, no, it's it's bubbling to the surface. This is this is the Balkans in like 1914, 1915. There hasn't been the Franz Ferdinand moment yet, but I imagine it's coming. Like right now, um, you know, the U.S. is very happy to allow more mining into the U.S. and especially centrally located into Texas. Texas has like I think fifteen percent of the global mining, and the goal is like twenty five percent. Like Texas is really going after it. Um, 
China kicked out all the miners. Mm. And mm. It, it's tough to say why. Yeah, that is. And, and I have a little bit of a theory about it. I mean, I get on the first on the face value, I get it. They want to be able to control it, but you think that they would just make it state sponsored and take control of it and then have control over all the digital that's weird. I, I'm gonna show you why. Or why I think. I have a theory about this. Um, let's see if uh, we can look at the rainbow chart here. There's um, something called the rainbow chart that some people look at. This is the entire price history of Bitcoin. It's a log normalized scale. So obviously, you know, $100,000 is, if it goes 1, 10, 100, 1,000, like it's, you know, multiples of 10, orders of magnitude. And you can see that this last peak did not reach into the red. All the previous peaks, right? Like this was the first cycle peak, second cycle peak, third cycle peak. By the way, I... I I jumped into Bitcoin right about here, right now, four thousand or so. Yeah, that's right. I was I was past the first mini peak, and so I was right right about four thousand. I, I bought one Bitcoin at that price, traded it, and turned it into some other number of Bitcoin that I won't mention. Um, but you're, you you're know, always multi-trillionaire. No, no. Um, uh, so. You can see, you know, that theoretical price limit that I mentioned, that stock to flow, um, you know, that's up there at the red, the dark red band. Mm -hmm. And then the mining cost that I mentioned, that's the dark blue band at the bottom. And, you know, something happened where we didn't get nearly, you know, we're more than an order of magnitude off what would have been that dark red peak. Actually, I, I, I thought we were going to, going to the, somewhere in the 250 to 400,000 range last year. But what happened is right as we were getting toward that peak, China kicked out the miners and China had the majority of the mining activity in the entire world. So here, here's my theory on this, that, that what China was doing was sabotaging Sam Bankman fried. Hmm. Because Sam Bankman-Fried, the FTX Alameda, I believe was uh, twofold. It was a twofold plan. One, if they succeeded in just sucking up everything in crypto as quickly as possible, and they were very well financed, then they would simply become the global digital bank that the bankers want. Mm -hmm. And that's why this kid who, I mean, really, his credentials are really thin. I mean, like every time somebody explains who he is, one of the first things they explain is who his parents are. Yeah. <laughs> definitely seems like a facade. Yeah. What, what kind of multi-billionaire has on his resume who his parents are, <laughs> right? But, you know, who, who are his parents? If, if you were to make a list of the, uh, the world's top uh, experts on um, like tax havens, tax shelter, tax compliance, the world's, you know, if you were to count on one hand, the world's, tax compliance efforts two of them are his parents well that's what we call a coincidence <laughs> yeah, and then uh his, his um ex-girlfriend's uh, yeah isn't she carolyn's father carolyn's father was the chair is the chair of the world's number one economics department well again it's funny how lightning strikes twice 
<laughs> um, so I think that it's very possible that China saw what was going on with this U.S. attempt to cast a global digital currency net over everyone. Mm-hmm. They said, nope. Got it. They, they, could, they could only play that card once. We're going to kick all the miners out and prevent that price peak. Yeah, everyone is that that the leveraged players are gambling on because I mean they would have made billions or tens of billions. I mean Sam Bankman Fried. Let let's say that Sam Bankman Fried leveraged himself for Bitcoin to go from seventy thousand to like three hundred thousand. Instead of being worth forty billion at his top, he might have been worth two hundred billion. Wait, his did, was he actually worth forty billion? Like on paper, it was some obscene number. Maybe maybe it was uh, just over thirty billion. Like that was the top number on paper. I didn't know that. I thought he was worth like a couple hundred million. No, 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 no. no he was on Forbes. He was way up. He was okay. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like the youngest person. I don't know. Like nobody younger was higher. I think you know, Forbes listed him as like twenty six point six billion or something um, a few months ago. But I think that the highest number that anybody would have pointed at, like valuing FTX, was was around thirty billion, if I recall correctly. So, anyhow, yeah, uh, that may have been one of the greatest financial plays in the history of the world, with China kicking the miners out. You know, they they may have lost this Sam Bankman Fried kid two hundred billion dollars. Heck, going forward, maybe trillions. Mm You know, they may have stopped the Western global bankers from using FTX Alameda to establish the global digital currency bank. Yeah, but they'll look back. It's not the machine will march forward. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe not. I mean, like it, it when have a, thing, when has a lot of things there's only one shot, you know? Sure. Sure. But, but again, I think they have to go to the backup plan, which is to try to regulate the industry. I think I think they've got to try to take control of the industry through regulation, which is a much more difficult yeah. scheme than just sort of owning it all. So, anyhow, that that's what I think really happened. Uh, I'm going to check once more. Let's see if we have any. Oh, I'm surprised we don't have any confirmations last time I checked, but maybe you know I, I haven't done one like this before. Yeah, technically, I could still cancel the transaction and just do a faster one. Do you want me to do a fast one? I could cancel it. I'm thirty-three cents. I'm, I'm no, I'm fine. Okay, okay. Well, in in that case, um, you know, we can wrap things up whenever you like. You've gotten your Bitcoin lesson for the day. Thank you. Sir. And and on your phone, you'll have about fifty-three dollars in Bitcoin sometime today. You'll have to like send me an email and say, uh, "Hey, we got it. It's done." And what, and what people don't know is that. Matthew is charging me $53 to appear on the show. <laughs> I, I, it was pay to play. He is just as corrupt as Bankman Freed. Sorry, I charged most of my guests like $253 to arrive. So, but do you actually charge him? You got a deal. You actually no. charge him? Oh. No. You say, what am, I, what, am I, what am I doing wrong? Like, gee, man, I would be, I'd be set if I charged guests. Does anybody do that? I've never that, that that would that would be really rude, but I, I suppose it's possible to run something where you're just like promoting people. Well, sure. I mean, but that's I would imagine that's what nightly shows are. Maybe you, so. Yeah, you want to promote your book, you want to get on best. Yeah, of course. Yeah, you know, there's always the narrative, but I mean, 
I'm sure there's a lot of political donations, like, hey, push this person. Mm-hmm. But I mean, yeah, I mean, well, let's put it this way. Like, would you pay to go? I have a podcast. Would I pay to go on Rogan? I absolutely fucking would, especially if it wasn't announced I was paying, if it looked organic. Sure. I don't think he does that. So, and I don't, I've only, I've never talked to a single guest who requested a fee. It's even the other way. Yeah, no one's ever even requested. I just get no's, but no one's ever requested a fee to come on their show. It is weird though. I have had people tell me before, like, do you understand? Like there is a speaking fee for a lot of the doctors you have on. And it's never even can, like dawned on me, but I realized like, Oh, I'm getting a lot of like pro bono podcasts and I never even thought of it. Hey, you're, you're muted. You're, I can't hear You're muted. There you go. Sorry, um, it, you know it, every conversation is a piece of their resume, and I no, I think I think everybody just does it, you know, for free. It, it's kind of relaxing. It's kind of fun most of the time, right? Yeah. I mean, unless you're really just going to grill somebody, but then uh, if you're going to grill somebody, then they've probably done something to be grilled for, you know, like something that you'd be on Oprah's couch for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never had any exchange of money for uh, much to my dismay. I would love for there to be a cash flow, but there's not. Yeah, I don't well, know. Why don't we why don't we round out the conversation by sure. um, let let's uh let's let's talk about Oprah. Has something happened with Oprah? I don't know. Has something happened with Oprah? When no was idea. the last time you saw Oprah? I have no idea. I don't really keep tabs on her. No, I don't either. But I mean, you know, it was hard to avoid her for years, right? Sure. I used to when I was going to a doctor in New York. I used to, and I would stay at my grandma's house. I would drive by Oprah's like sprawling estate. You couldn't see anything. It was just a huge wall with a gate and an wait, wait, Where is this? Are we talking about Chicago? No, no, no. Well, I guess she has multiple estates then. This was, um, I guess, technically New Jersey, like 20 minutes outside of Manhattan. So I would drive. Yeah, you yeah, you drive by. It was just this huge wall with this like ornate gate and uh, like a guard building you can never see it and i had no idea what the size i'm sure you go on google earth and find it that's about as much as oprah passes into my consciousness and this was like five years ago yeah i i think oprah is probably an effective altruist ah i think she's gonna have sam whacked (laughs) over fucking with oprah's money Uh, i think i think the effective altruists have to you know act like like you know what they've got is like a real thing going still uh gotcha I think she's going to have him killed. <laughs> we'll know for sure if Sam... Here, has here, here's the thing. If Oprah has people killed, she has them replaced. Yeah. So, you know, like, there, there's a search on for, you know, a doughy-looking 30-year-old that whose, whose parents are going to go along with that. <laughs> yeah, there's a... Whose Stanford parents yeah. are going to go along with that. <laughs> We're going to know for sure. If Sam was like an intelligence asset, oh, I if he's we'll know for sure if he's killed in the next six months because much like Epstein, they'll look after you until it is no longer advantageous to look after you. Yeah, they're, they're not gonna whack you, they're, they're not gonna whack him. He, he, he was he's an asset of something, you know, like, they, he, he didn't think of this plot for world domination all on his 
on his own. Of course not. Of course not. But he is a loose end. And, you know, we've seen that they don't whack all assets. I mean, they've kept Galen alive. But sometimes you got to go. He's doing the thing that he needs to do, which is this PR tour. Yeah. Where he talks around in circles. Yeah. Right. Like he's doing a good job of just talking in circles and just saying like nonsense when he's asked questions like me, like, you know, nonsense, like stuff that that, you know, it's meaningful on a jargon level, but it doesn't answer the questions that he's being asked. Right. Yeah. Like this is this. It's excellent practice. I mean, you know, somebody coached him and coached him well. I should coach him. I don't know. I don't know how to bullshit. (laughs) I, I should have Sam on my podcast. Did you commingle funds, Tommy? I don't know what that means. I don't. I think that requires funds. <laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> well, um, you know, uh, as we close out, um, why, why don't you explain uh, who you are to any guests who wandered in to to watch us exchange a little Bitcoin? I am uh, the head of FTX. <laughs> i'm tommy uh, i'm 32 i've got a podcast uh matthew's been on there several times before with dr jessica rose i talk to everyone from every walk of life delta force operators to apollo astronauts to cia operatives to weightlifters to sci-fi writers, and everything in between and the podcast is what day is today podcast is three years and one week old done a thousand thirty four episodes uh, and i hope Right now, it's paying for my rent, and I hope that continues. That's almost one episode a day. And uh, and Tommy and I are working on uh, Tommy's friends with the youngest ever member of Delta Force. Is that right? Del Comstock. Yep. And uh, we're, we're working on uh, a discussion of um, uh, practical uh, meditation, which is a topic yeah. that I don't talk about it much, but it's actually one of my more favorite topics. He's wildly in it. Yeah, no, this guy it's the last person you'd expect. You'd expect someone like me or some hippie, but it's Dale, G.I. Joe. And he talks about it. He's like, oh, yeah, no, you got to focus the energy and visualize success. And it's like, what? Like, he was 23 in Delta Force. The average age is like 35. He's retired. Yeah, you see, to me, that's exactly the person I would expect. I, I guess maybe now that I look at it, it makes a little more sense. Yeah, highly disciplined, like, like Jedis. And uh, yeah, now it makes sense. But it's just funny hearing Dale talk about it. And he'll Dale will pivot from talking about having Noriega in his crosshairs to like the importance of like breathing deeply and connecting to the earth. It's kind of <laughs> <laughs> just this dichotomy of like the fuck, like yeah, it's weird. Um, I mean, but, you yeah. know that that's the way to avoid you know um, collateral damage in children. Well, that's also I mean that's how. Truly, though, these guys are like Jedis. It is truly mind over matter. And I think that's probably a massive part of it is you don't, you can't lose your cool. It's not an option. And yeah, that's, that's, uh, to me, it makes perfect sense. And yeah, that's going to be in early January. That's going to be fun. Dale's, Dale's an absolute blast to talk to. Yeah, do we have a date for that yet? I think we do. I think it's loosely on. Pull it up. I think we have it loosely scheduled for January 3rd. Um, nice. Yeah. Well, well, we just needed time. I know he's uh, he's out in like Bali. Yeah, Dale's in Bali except for when he's not. So Dale's also operated in 97 countries, and I never know where Dale's for business or vacation. He says 
he says he's been retired for a while, but he went on from Delta Force to the CIA Special Activities Division, which recruits from Delta Force and SEAL Team 6. They are the Olympic team you don't know about. And he's, he hasn't worked for them since, like, 2011. But then again, you never officially work for them, and I don't think you ever stop working for them. And although he's almost 60, Dale is still, like, a champion boxer with an eight-pack, and he still shoots every day. So, yeah, when Dale's like, yeah, I'm retired, I'm like, don't lie to me, Dale. Like, I don't – you're just visiting this country. Just, really? just ask him. Just ask him if he takes Bitcoin. I'm sure. Yeah, you know, I've asked him before. I'm like Dale. Um, I've asked him before. Well, I was I was multiple steps ahead when I started this podcast. Dale is episode fifty. I realized that if the government or big tech ever sends someone to kill me, it's going to be someone like Dale. So I've become friends with Dale and his cohorts, so that if they ever get the order to kill me, they're going to be like, "No, I like Tommy." That's at least how it works out in my mind. And I've asked Dale. I'm like, Dale, you know, <laughs> clean transaction to kill me. He's like, "I'll just take the money." And I was like, "Pretty sure." Dale ain't. Dale ain't. Good man. Never know if Dale's on vacation. Um, I always want to ask him, like, do you have like a sat phone with you? Like, what's that for, Dale? Or you, do you have an earpiece to like Secretary of Defense? I have no idea. The Dale is the shit he's done is so wild. You know where Dale is right now? He's in the bush outside your apartment. He probably is. He's probably he's probably tracking Sam Bankman free getting getting bitcoin drops from oprah i mean it's possible it's possible i have no i truly have they'll used to do pre, uh, they'll does did security for hw bush and george bush like yeah he's uh yeah dale's done everything dale's been in like nuclear bunkers dale's dale's been out to area 51 and run security for like experimental craft and shit he's done everything dale's the most valuable man in the world and somehow he's become my buddy Sounds good. All right. Well, well, maybe we'll go back and we'll retitle this episode. Uh, Tommy Dale's buddy. Tommy Dale's buddy. Tommy Dale's cohort gets gets uh, Bitcoin. Hell yeah. Well, um, dude, thank you for having me on, and thank you for teaching me. Thank you for the, the three bucks. I yeah, it. and and I hope I hope this was a valuable lesson for a few people out there. You know, like obviously, obviously, we we we've been mostly chatting mm-hmm. for a little over an hour. Because it doesn't take that much to actually send and receive Bitcoin. Very true. Right. But it, it, it's one of those things like until you've done it, you don't know. Right. Yeah. It sounds more complicated than it is. But, you know, you, you, you know, go back and watch the video if you need to download Blue Wallet. And then you have an address. You, you do want to write down those words. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Tommy mentioned, you know, words came up on his screen. Uh, you copy those or you take a picture, you jot them down or something and keep them in a secure place. So that if you ever lose that wallet, you can, you know, recreate that wallet on another phone or whatever on your phone. Um, but personally, personally, my decision is I just don't keep more than, you know, a three digit amount of money. It just, just like you don't, you know, walk around carrying your bank account, in your wallet, right? Yeah, yeah, you don't carry, carry $4,000 in your wallet unless you're like, you know, well, if you're a high roller in Vegas, you know, there's no limit. But uh, you, you don't generally walk around with $4,000 in your wallet. So you treat your phone wallet with cryptocurrency the same way you would your billfold. So I have like $300 in, in a hot wallet. Um, and it, if something happens to it, it's not the end of the world. Yeah, it's what but I, but I, I still have the seed phrase. That's what, that's what those 12 words were. Mm. And uh, so, you know, it, 
if it, you know, if I uh, lose track of it, if I lose my phone, I can still recover it. Um, but, but other than that, it took what, like three minutes to set up about. Yeah. And then, uh, I, you know, the, the transaction itself probably could have taken seconds. You know, I could have used the QR code, but I wanted to, you know, bounce around. I wanted to show everybody the, the transaction and show everybody your public address and every, you know, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, we made it take longer than it needed to be, but the whole thing could have been like four minutes. Yeah. Anyhow, so we babbled, we babbled a bit, and and now you know a little bit more about, you know, Delta Force hiding in Tommy's bushes. Yeah. And uh, we'll we'll come back. We'll talk about uh, meditation in January with uh, with Dale from Delta Force, and I think Jessica's going to join us for that one too. Oh yeah. All right, everybody. Well, that's it for rounding the Earth. We'll play a little music as we go. And uh, Matt.